Coach Corey Wayne and this is my video coaching newsletter and the topic of today's newsletter is going to be relationships, getting your needs met. Well, I've got an email here from a viewer. I've been coaching this guy, I guess it's been about a little over a year. He originally came to me when he decided to end his loveless marriage of 20 years. He has a couple of kids with her. So at this point, we're about a year down the road. He's in a relationship with the kind of woman he'd always dreamed about. But now they're about eight months in and they're really start, he's starting to have a lot of challenges and difficulties with her. One of the problems is is that she's not keeping up her commitments. It's almost as if she's gotten kind of lazy and complacent in the relationship. She says she's going to do certain things and she just doesn't do it consistently. It's obviously starting to irritate the hell out of him. And these are kind of the things that you see a little bit longer term in a relationship. Kind of once you've gotten past the honeymoon phase, you got out of the infatuation phase. Now you're kind of starting to see what this person is really like in the relationship and what they're going to be like long term. And so I got a quote that I wrote in this topic and then we're going to go through his email and see what some of the challenges were. The last video newsletter I did with him, he basically wasn't getting laid anymore. She had just basically turned the relationship into a platonic friendship and I told him what he needed to do to turn things around. Now the sex has kind of gotten back on track but there's still things where she says yeah I'll do this or I'll do that and then she just doesn't she totally falls through on it and incidentally this particular woman she's never had a relationship that lasted longer than six months obviously that tends to be a red flag and you're starting to kind of see some of the behaviors that she's exhibiting eight months down the road I think she, he basically is her longest relationship at this point and it's starting to become obvious and apparent why she's never gotten past six months with anybody. So I'm going to go through this quote that I wrote and then we're going to discuss his email and see what's going on. And the quote says, all of our relationships should contribute to our success, balance, inner peace, happiness and fulfillment. The best relationships honor and encourage our authentic selves, our dreams and are generally a source of ease and delight. When we have relationships with people who are not aligned with our true nature, disconnected from their own hearts, who don't share the same goals and values, or we have them with wounded people who can't give or love consistently in a healthy way, they bring more drama and frustration into our lives than harmony and joy. If it's not easy and effortless, effortless you're either doing it wrong or doing it with the wrong people. I saw a, uh, a Twitter tweet from Deion Sanders a couple weeks ago and what was interesting, one of the things he said in this, the, it was basically along the lines of the people in your life or the people that you're having relationships with. Are there more pluses in the plus column or are there more minuses in the minus column as far as what they bring into your life. The idea is the purpose of all relationships is you go there to give. You're there to meet each other's needs, to help each other grow and become more. And if you're in a relationship with somebody who just isn't meeting your needs, you've talked to them in a loving way and you've asked them to do certain things that are really important to you and they do it for a little bit and then they kind of go back to what they were doing before, then eventually you're going to be faced with the fact that this person is just not going to be consistent in how they show up and they're not going to meet your needs consistently. So the choice becomes, is that acceptable for you? Are the standards of how they're showing up 
does that work for you? And if the answer is no, and obviously long term, it's not a good idea to stay with them. It, it, when I look at all the relationships that I have with people that have been in my life for multiple decades or people that I'm friends with, it's the rela- we communicate on the same level. We understand each other. We listen and we meet each other's needs. There's no disagreement, butting heads. And like when I look back on, on the course of my life, not only with friends but business partners or lovers, clients, people that I just butt heads with all the time and I don't – and we don't see eye to eye and it's very difficult to communicate with them, they're not in my life anymore. But people who are easy to get along with, who are good listeners, who are good communicators, who prioritize meeting the other people's needs, those people are still in my life. But people that I was butting heads with all the time, it's just eventually you get tired of it because life's difficult enough and you have enough challenges in life, especially when you're striving to achieve your goals and dreams without having people in your life who instead of being a blessing and adding to your inner peace and the success that you have in your life and contributing in a way that brings more ease and more delight in your life, eventually, especially as you get older, you just – it's like why do I want to keep somebody in my life who's just bringing more friction than anything? I mean it's common sense when you think about it but when it's an intimate relationship and you're just constantly dealing with friction and you've communicated in a loving way to that other person and they may do it and do what you want for a period of time but they still just always end up going back to the way that they are. You either put up with it or you say, fuck it. <laughs> They're not adding enough value to my life in order to keep them around. They're actually taking more energy away from my life than they are bringing good positive energy into it. So let's go through his email and see what's going on. And so keep in mind, this is after the last time she basically was not interested in sex and, oh, I'm just going through a phase kind of stuff. And he basically said, hey, I, I, this is not what I signed up for. I didn't sign up for something platonic. You basically took our passionate love affair and you've now turned it into a friendship. That's, I'm not interested in that. So you need to start making an effort or maybe we need to date other people. And part of one of the things that he's really been struggling to overcome is really standing up for himself, who he is, what he wants, but being able to do it in a loving, balanced way instead of just you know blowing his top. And this guy actually, he's a psychologist, he's a therapist, so this is what he does for a living. And I really love coaching him because he's a great listener. Because like when I'm telling him something, he's really paying attention to what I'm saying. And so I, I know personally that this guy is a really good listener. But when you get into a relationship with somebody that like you know, he and I have discussed many times in the past in email coaching and phone sessions, he's come to realize that his girlfriend, even though he loves her and he's crazy about her, she's not a great communicator. Plus the fact is the red flag is there that she's never had a relationship that's lasted longer than six months. What's interesting is I think about month five, four or five, she's kind of like, well, this is usually where the relationship starts to go downhill. And interestingly enough, She's emotionally conditioned to think and expect that. And since she's at that period of time, she's literally – you get what you focus on in life. So she's focused on looking for reasons why the relationship's not going to work out. And you're kind of seeing that she's starting to sabotage their relationship and make things really difficult for him. And he's just kind of getting to the point where he's like, I love this girl. She's great in so many ways. But it's like, 
fuck, I, you know, I got a stressful business. He's going through a divorce. He's got his kids. Obviously, you know, one of his kids' his daughter was not really happy about the fact that he's not with her mother anymore. And now he smoothed that over. And instead of his new girlfriend bringing lots of fun and sex and energy and all the things that he was missing in his previous relationship, now she's starting to bring more drama and strife into the relationship. And now he's going, is this shit really worth it? And so these are things that you're going to have to determine and you're not – these are not things that you're going to experience the first few weeks of dating. This is – you know, we're eight months down the road here in the relationship and she's obviously gotten comfortable and you're really starting to see who she really is as a person. And he's starting to question, do I really want this long term in my relationship or not? So he says, Dear Corey, it's me again. First, some feedback to your last email regarding standing up for myself when it comes to sex. After your email, I contacted Jessica, my new girlfriend, immediately and told her I do not want to have a platonic relationship. Do whatever you want, but figure it out. She was pissed off, quite grouchy, and felt pressured. This continued for the next two to three days, but as we had our next weekend together, she first allowed me to touch her hot spots again, and soon after that, we started to have sex like nothing had happened. So it's like he stood up for what he wanted because she wasn't showing up. She wasn't making the effort. And he says, hey, this doesn't work for me. You're not making an effort to be intimate. You're not making an effort to turn me on or make me feel loved and wanted. And this doesn't work for me. And she was pissed off and grouchy, tested him obviously, but he stood his ground. And then she gave in and is now showing up, putting out, if, if you will, and making him feel loved again. He says, I backed off – and part of the other problem is he was also still doing about 20% of the chasing eight months later. And I said, man, you, you shouldn't have to be – this far in, you're doing way too much. That's part of the problem. He says, I backed off more and only reached out for technical reasons to change dates or details regarding a date. He says, up to now, sex has gone back to normal. She's sweet and we've had absolutely awesome dates. And he says, cool. However, what I have problems with is a growing anger in me. My ex-wife is acting totally selfish, only seeing her side and she's really crossing the line or I notice much more now that I have in the past that she's doing it. Because he had 20 years with his, his ex-wife but basically she would try to intimidate him and he, he would always cave to be the pleaser if you will to go along with it because he didn't want to piss her off and he wants the divorce but she doesn't want it and so she's stonewalling him basically at every step of the way. She definitely takes for granted that she's living in my house and still gets a lot of money from me. We are entering some mediation, but I've, I have even considered taking the legal route. This is really a paradigm shift for me. I've stopped acting compliant. I get more and more angry, and I want to stand up for myself much more, and my daughter and my son are fine with me. So now his daughter, you know, she tried to intimidate him numerous times over the past six months, and he's always stood his ground. And now she's respectful and she actually listens to what he has to say and they have a good relationship. But the wife, the ex-wife-to-be is still giving him a lot of problems and a lot of difficulty. And the interesting thing is, is like when you – one of the things he's done recently over the past several months is he started getting network chiropractic adjustments. And when you do that, when you start getting to a point where your physiology physically is now in a peaceful and a relaxed state, any relationship in your life – that's throwing a lot of static into your life, 
a lot of difficulty, a lot of challenges, just people bringing drama. You just tend to gravitate away from those people. In other words, you push them out of your life and you start spending more and more time with people who communicate in a healthy, loving, adult manner. Because anybody that's bringing drama or they're a pain in the ass to get along with, it's kind of like nails on the chalkboard. And it's just not fun to be around them anymore. And plus, another thing you do is you really start to stand up for yourself because it becomes physically and emotionally painful to tolerate bullshit in your life. And so people that are under NSA, especially if they've always let other people walk all over them, you get to the point where somebody pisses you off and you tell them right there in the moment. You tell them exactly what is on your mind without fucking sugarcoating it. And what you realize is who's your real friends because your real friends are the people you can speak aloud to. In other words, you can speak your mind and they're happy to let you speak your mind and listen to you because they love you and respect you and they give you the space to do that. But people that are not really truly your friend, they're not going to like that especially when you start expressing yourself and those kinds of friendships and relationships will fall by the wayside. He says, so here sometimes Jessica, my new girlfriend, gets in the way. I want to avoid at all costs being taken for granted again. You know, this is the whole theme in his life. This past year, year and a half since he left his wife is really about him. Him getting to a place where he can show up and live the life that he wants and spend it with the kind of people that he wants to spend it with. He's, in all of his relationships, he was always putting himself last. He was always making sure his needs got met but it was always after everybody else's got met. And most of the time, when by the time it got to his needs, they just weren't being fulfilled or met. He says, we had an awesome time last weekend where she was super sweet. She wanted me to come over yesterday, again, a middle of the week date. It was not easy to hold the date for me as I had a lot going on work-wise and with my son. Well, you should be making dates with her if you can swing it. If making the day with her is just going to stress you out and take away, take you away from things that you should be working on, well, then you should be taking care of those things that are a priority and spending time together with your girlfriend only when you can give her 100% of your attention instead of being with her just because you're trying to make her happy. But when you're with her, you're thinking about everything else that you didn't get to in your life. You'd be much better served to take care of whatever it is you need to take care of and then when you're on your date, you can give your girl – your undivided attention and presence because she, quite frankly, she deserves that. She was tired. It was the first day of her period and quite indifferent emotionally. She cooked for me and we had a nice chat. I had a very difficult day but as you suggested, I kept this mostly away from her because one of the things that he was doing was he was basically trying to make his girlfriend his therapist. Every time he had a problem or a challenge, he wanted to share it with her because he's a therapist. That's what he does for a living. So I said those kinds of things, when you're full of fear, when you're worried about the future, share those with your guy friends because it had a negative effect on their relationship. She'd come home and he'd basically start talking about everything he's afraid of and she didn't want to deal with it and it had a negative effect on her attraction level towards him. He says, but then later in the evening, she was losing herself totally in her Facebook account. It was okay for me at first but then, and what is really unusual for me, I suddenly got pissed off and said, I do not like that when we have one of our rare dates during the week. So in other words, he, ha he really should have been doing other things but she wanted to see him so he goes over to see her and what happens? She's sitting there doodling on Facebook. And so obviously it's getting under his skin. Part of it is because he really shouldn't have been there in the first place. He should have been taking care of other things 
that he knew it, he needed to take care of. But on top of that, he goes over, does what she wants, which is spend a time with her, and she wants to talk or, or do things on Facebook. That's why it's so important to do what's right for you as a human being. But instead, he went over there just to make her happy. And when he does that, she's doing other things besides spending time with them. She basically said that she needs some time to retreat when she has had a hard day, even if we have a date. It does not work for me. Maybe we better not have dates inside the week. And that I was overreacting and should have said something earlier, which is true, I think. Yeah, like I mentioned, it sounds like he had other things that were really a priority that were, that were going to get in the way of him spending time with her. And she could sense that on some level and that's why she went and, and started doodling on the internet because she could tell that he wasn't completely 100% present with her. So she goes over and gets busy on Facebook and it pisses him off. In that particular case, what he really should have been doing was focusing on taking care of whatever he should have taken care of. And then that way, whenever they did get together for a date a few days later, he could have been totally fully present with her and they could have been having a great time. He says, we talked this out and it was okay then. But this morning, I had the same feeling as she forgot to make my coffee, which is a ritual we do for each other always. So this is something that they've communicated and they've talked about. And she, I guess they take turns making coffee for each other. And so what happens? She just fucking blows it off. That's definitely not cool. What does that tell me? If somebody blows something off like that, what does it mean? It's not a fucking priority to them. And so you can see these little things. She wasn't doing it before. In the beginning when she was on her best behavior and trying to win him over, she would do all these little things. But now she's kind of got the attitude, oh yeah, I've got him. We've been together for eight months. She just blows it off. He says, which is again quite unusual for me, that she puts her high standards on me all the time, which is fine, but I hold the high, same high standards for her. Because she's, you know, she's very successful and when he doesn't do something that he says he's going to or that she says she wants, she calls him out on it. And he do this, does the same and then she's like, oh, but wait. Uh. I said, please do not get lazy in the relationship and take me for granted. Again, she thought I overreacted and was too unsure of myself. We again talked this out and started our day in peace. My question is, how do I figure out when I have to stand up for myself and when I sh should I just shut my mouth and when I am just acting needy? Well, the idea is that, remember, the whole purpose of all relationships is you go there to give. So are you sharing something because she's really not meeting your needs or is it because you're bringing something up because you feel inadequate and you need validation in her? In other words, you need to see that she cares about you in order to feel good about yourself. That's a place of need. But if she has something that she's promised you and she's not doing it, like making your coffee, well, yeah, that's going to piss you off. It's going to piss you off for two reasons. Number one, she said she was going to do something and then she didn't do it. She's not keeping her word. How can you trust somebody who says one thing and it does another. And the other side of that is she doesn't make your coffee. What else does that tell you? Well, she cared about me. And if I was a priority to her, she would have made the coffee because she likes to see the smile on my face. So no integrity. She's not following through on what she said. And she's not making my coffee. So I can't trust that she says what she means. And then also she's making me feel like she doesn't care because she knows it's important to me. We've talked about it in the past. And yet she's still not doing it. She's not making me a priority in her life. 
He says, it feels like sometimes she crosses an invisible line and then I have a hard time taking really measured steps. I tend to either do nothing or I explode too easily. Well, the key is the moment you see some flaky behaviors, you got to call her out on it right away, not just let it sit there and fester, which again, this is something that you've been working on the past year. That's what's beautiful about all relationships, whether it's friendships or clients or business relationships or lovers. When you have a weakness, the universe keeps bringing you those kinds of people so you can overcome those types of weaknesses because it doesn't mean you're going to spend the rest of your life with this this particular woman that you're dating. You've had all these great experiences. She physically was the kind of woman that knocked your socks off and all you always wanted to be with. But at the end of the day, there's, you're starting to see some real character flaws that are now making you question whether or not you want to be with this person long term. He says, I think it all has to do with changing my approach and generally standing up much more for myself. But sometimes I really surprise myself by how harshly I react. And again, one of the things I got to say is you got to be aware of when you get under network care. Whereas before you might have been willing to bite your tongue when you're under network care and shit just fucking comes out. You just say whatever's on your mind. But it's a good thing, but it's also you got to learn the balance. It's like you spend your whole life feeling like you got to hold things in because you're worried about what other people think, and then you get to the point where, like, especially like when you're under network care, you just don't fucking care anymore. You want to be yourself, and you want people to honor who you are, not violate yourself or your dignity or your principles. When people are treating you like a doormat, you're gonna call them out on it. Whereas before, you might have your whole life let people treat you like a doormat and just for, oh well you know they don't know any better or, oh we'll talk about some other time you got to choose your battles he says i think it all has to do with changing my approach and generally standing up much more for myself he says but i definitely could be more centered on the other side she's not the best communicator as you have already said and it is sometimes difficult to get her to understand but keep in mind, this guy's a therapist, and so communication is something that this is what he does for a living, and yet he's in a relationship with somebody that's not the greatest communicator. So think about it: like attracts like. So if you're in a relationship with somebody, and one of the one of the problems that she has, is she's not a great communicator, and he's making an effort, an extra effort. Whereas if he was in a relationship with somebody that was a great communicator, he wouldn't be having these problems with her. He might be having other challenges. But something that you're really good at, like especially communicating, it's it's really hard to be in relationships or have friendships with people that just get pissed off and fly off the handle. They don't tell you why. They just give you the silent treatment. They're mad at you and you got to dig and figure out, be a fucking detective to figure out why they're mad. He says, sometimes she seems to sense beta male behavior where I really think I am just making my point. I hope you can sort some of this out. And so what's interesting is – after this particular email, he had another one that he just sent me this particular week because this one's from my, I think a couple weeks ago. And so it's, obviously there's a lag at times when I select one of these to do in a video and then when it eventually gets shot and then published because you're watching this video today, chances are I shot this several weeks ago. So since this original email came in, the one that came in this past week, he had, had a, a weekend plan where she was actually going to spend a lot of time with him and his son. And then at the last minute, she backed out and completely canceled and then in essence gave him a hard time for it, basically saying – trying to insinuate that it was all his problem. He was putting too much pressure on her 
And I basically said to him, like, dude, after eight months, you've been intimately involved. She, in essence, lives at your house on the weekends or you live at hers. She's calling you several times a day and texting you several times a day. She spent time with your son in the past and then she acts like almost like you're a stranger and it's your problem. I said, that's ridiculous because it, it's just part of the same character flaws that you're, you were seeing in the beginning of the email have manifested them in itself. What you're seeing is that she's saying one thing but then doing another. It shows up in small, subtle ways and then it showed up just recently after this email was written this past week where she just basically blew him off where she had a trip planned with him and his son and his family was going to be there and she just bailed out on it because remember, she's never had a relationship that lasted longer than six months and and obviously you're starting to see that because he's a therapist so he notices these things right away that she's got some intimacy issues. And so what's great from his perspective is he gets to experience having a relationship with the kind of woman that, that knocks his socks off physically but in the same token, what's really making it difficult to be in a relationship with a long term is she tends to have some selfish tendencies. She's not a very good communicator and it's obvious at this point that she's got some intimacy issues and what I said to him is she needs to acknowledge that because it's not so much your – because you're doing the right things. You're communicating your needs and your wants and then she's disrespecting you by not following through on things that she is committed to and I said – you're really kind of at a crossroads here where she really needs – if you're going to stay in an, a relationship with her, she really needs to get some therapy for the fact that she's got some intimacy issues, some communication issues. And if she's not willing to do that, then maybe it's just better that you go back to having a casual type of open relationship where you guys can be kind of occasional fuck buddies, not be too serious while you continue to look for somebody who's a great communicator and it doesn't have these flaws. And I said to him, next time around, you experience – you see these kinds of red flags when you're dating somebody after a few weeks and they tell you they've never had a relationship that lasted longer than five or six months in their, in their early 40s. That is a red flag and you need to pay attention to that. So next time around, say he doesn't stay with her. He had this great experience. He built his confidence. He got to date the kind of woman that was really a fantasy but at the same token – she still had flaws and so you learn. You live and learn. It's like you have these experiences and he got the experience of applying the things that I teach in my book and bettering himself, improving his dating skills, improving his pickup skills, improving his relationship skills, improving his level of confidence because why? That's going to be required to get an even better quality of woman because the communication and different things where he stumbled as a man in his relationship with her and built his confidence – a woman that has everything that this woman has but also who is a great communicator wouldn't have tolerated some of the beta male tendencies that this woman tolerated early in their relationship that he's since overcome. And so when you, you, you take a high-level look at this particular relationship, he's grown as a man. He's become stronger as a man. Again, the purpose of all relationships is you go there to give. You're there to help each other grow and become more. And even if they he decides to part ways with her, He's become a better man. He's become more confident. You've got to look at every friendship, every business relationship, every lover that you have, every friendship that you have, that they're there. Those people are in your life because they're there to teach you something and you have some a gift to give them as well. And so you shouldn't be looking at relationships as to how long you can hang in there and stay in them 
but only keep those people in your life as long as the quality of the relationship is a high quality type of relationship that adds value to your life. As you get older and you become more experienced, when you encounter people, whether it's your friendships or your intimate relationships, and you just encounter a lot of friction, you just you're gonna be like, "Fuck it, I don't want to put up with this." Whereas when he's new, he still really kind of you know, started dating when he was dating this woman. He looked at her mostly from the physical type of fantasy because he'd never dated somebody that just knocked his socks off in this way. So he got to experience that and realize that, yeah, I am good enough to have somebody that's that attractive, that pushes my buttons that way sexually. But again, she's got communication flaws and the fact that she's got intimacy issues. Somebody that's in her early 40s and never had a relationship that longer lasted longer than five or six months. Obviously, she has some some work that she needs to do upon herself. And so next time around, he can, when a woman tells him that, it was just like what I talked about in my book. I, one of the girls I went out with when I was younger and still learned this, the, our very first date, she said, I fuck all my relationships up. I heard that and went in one ear and out the other. I didn't care. I was fuck, it was I was totally infatuated with this girl. And it wasn't until after having a three-year relationship with her that I realized the implications of that red flag and if I was on a first date today with somebody and they said I fuck all my relationships up, well, that's going to be the last date I'm ever going to have with that person. It's like you live and you learn. That's why I share all these stories so you can learn from not only your own mistakes but everybody else's mistakes. So when you encounter these kind of people, it just speeds up your time to get to the kind of people that you really want to date and have relationships with. It's all about having high quality relationships and high quality memories. So if you'd like to get my help personally, the quickest way is to book a paid phone, Skype, or email coaching session. You can choose any of those options by going to my website, clicking the products tab at the top of your screen, and just follow the instructions for booking whichever option works best for you. And I'll talk to you soon.